Let me welcome you back. Again, good to see everybody. Thank you for making this worship gathering part of your weekend. It's better because you're here. So thanks for joining us. The rice bowl that I brought up with me before the announcement is now $100 heavier. Not bad. It wasn't my hundred, so there you go, right? Yay. See a need, hear a voice, right? Step into a space. So uh, thankful, thankful for that. Appreciate, appreciate you responding to need. Before we get going, I just want to say also uh, appreciate the uh, deliciousness in the cafe today. That stuff doesn't just happen either. So Sharon, thank you for that. Appreciate you bringing, bringing that. Serve, serving all of us so wonderfully. And the storyline behind that is simply Sharon saw something, felt something, prompted, said, uh, I think I'd like to provide uh, refreshments on Sunday once a month. And I say what I always say, okay. Okay. Our role is to help you do the things God's called you to do. That's our role. That's our, as a leadership team, that's our role. So thank you for that today. Leaders, join me today on the platform, Delian Kelly Stanett and Baby Stanett. Just a few months away. Two, three, ten, ten weeks. Cooking in the oven. Ten weeks away, yeah. So excited about that. We have been in this series called Get Outside. The weather's so nice, we're talking about get, out, get outside of yourself, right? Get outside of yourself. So four weeks, we're talking about mission. I opened it up on Mother's Day because a, a mother's love is an other's love, right? So we talked about that. Uh, Melinda talked to us. Josh talked to us. Today, Deli and Kelly are going to share their heart. I'm going to help facilitate that a little bit, talk through some things. And then over the back half, the next four weeks, we're going to talk about another aspect of worship, and that's, that's giving. And these are actually steps on the path, that mural that you see in the back, the blue mural, steps on the path. Step five and step six. Step five is giving, or I'm sorry, engagement. Step six is giving. Engagement, mission, giving, outflow, those are important. So we took two months of this early spring, summer to talk about these things. So uh, when you're thinking about, I know you live a missional life, which is why you're sitting here. And so when you think about living missionally, putting it into practice, uh, what, are some of the, what are some of the characteristics, like some of the, I don't know, categories or characteristics that kind of, tributaries that kind of flow into that mission, mission river? Um, so uh, when we were, kind of, we were kind of praying and thinking about what I, I even did a little bit of research, a little bit of searching online, and I was like, what, what, are, what are some ways that we can have a lifestyle of mission? Not talking, we're not talking about just mission as in a once-a-year thing. We're talking, talking lifestyle. And what characteristics can be facilitated, can be like cultivated within us to have this missional lifestyle. And the first, first one of the first things I thought of was, was being prayerful, listening, um, listening to his voice. Um, and I, I thought about, my, it took me right to Jesus, and, it, and Jesus knew who he was. He prayed often. He needed to know who he was, who his father was, and he needed to be reminded of that on his mission on his mission as he was here on earth. And so I, I thought about that. And, we, and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but how that prayer then starts to develop 
this love. You pray, when you start to pray, you start to love what you're praying for. If I'm praying for Lisa, and maybe I, I just met Lisa, but I'm praying for her, and I'm going to start to love right. her even deeper and right. more so than when I just thought of Lisa. Right. We talk about often you, lo- you, you pray for the people you love, but you begin to love the people you pray for. Yeah. It goes both ways. Yeah. And, and so I think about Jesus, right? He, he prayed and thought about Jerusalem so much so that he was, it, was his, it was his people, but also he cried and wept when he entered into Jerusalem, like thinking about this is the people that he is here to serve and mission for. And so uh, I thought about those two things. Then we kind of went into what does it take? Um, and Josh touched on this a little bit last week. He talked about saying yes. He talked about being willing. And so willingness was, was another one. Being willing and open, is, I think, is what we talked about. Being um, even uncoerced. Not so much being coerced to do it, because that's kind of being pushed into doing it, but, yeah, actually, yeah. but actually being willing and open to do it yeah. and having this open mindset. So, so willingness, prayer, love. Yeah. Um, intentionality. Being intentional. And that, 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 to me, almost that one is one of the biggest things of having a missional lifestyle is in being intentional and purposeful with every single thing that you do. It's our favorite word. Yeah, that's, that's the most, that's the one, intentional. Um, we I use think, it too much. I think it's actually in your dining room. It is. It is, yeah. yeah I'm, I've been it's there. On the wall. So I, yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, our family has uh, uh, four sentences that are mission statement sentences, two words each. Uh, live intentionally, love unconventionally, love unconditionally, learn unconventionally, laugh uncontrollably. Live intentionally, yeah. And then the, and then the last one is uh, being flexible. Being flexible, being adaptable. Um, that, that's one of the most difficult things, I, I feel like. So intentional, you can, you can kind of set out, you can plan. But being flexible and adaptable, that's, that's one of the most difficult ones to do. So what's, what's difficult about that? The, is it the flow of it? Is it uh, course change? You've got your mindset on a particular thing? What do you, what, what's going on for you, the flexibility piece? What have you experienced? Well, um, I, how I like to define flexibility is like being willing to be interrupted. And we just don't plan to be interrupted. And especially the way my mind works, it's like, I have to plan for there to not be a plan if that's what's going to happen, <laughs> or like I need to plan. And you're to a planner. Be, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> We're the exact opposite. If you, yeah. if you thought. Yeah, Deli will go to anybody and lunch with anyone today. It doesn't matter. And you're a bit yeah. of a planner. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we we've actually I think we've even talked about. I was like, hey, we're going to go on a trip, and uh, she's like, great. What are we going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, we're just going to be pretty spontaneous about that. Well, what? So the plan was to be spontaneous. Yeah, the plan was to be spontaneous, <laughs> <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> so if you're a planner, you can have a plan to not have a plan, and then that'll scratch the itch yeah. for you. But usually when we start our day or whatever, we have, a, we have an idea of what we want to get yeah. done. An idea, yeah. And so when that's interrupted, it's just, it's, a, it's difficult to be able to adapt sometimes. And so uh, something I just want to interject here. We have a thing that we teach people for, for productivity, for effectiveness and efficiency. We teach focus. Focus. Shut off the notifications on your phone. Don't get interrupted. There's a do not disturb. 
You can put that on. You can silence it automatically when you drive your car. You can have all these things where, like, particular hours of the day, your phone, unless you're on my favorites list, if I've got that set up, it's going to voicemail. I don't even, I don't even get interrupted. So there is, it's this. It's this balance. There is this thing where in order to focus and be productive and effective, things like that, I think what we're trying to do is the, the frivolous interruptions, but to be available to hear something not so focused on ministry. We've told this story many times during this, this series, right? The priest and the Levite were so focused on ministry that when the guy was beaten and broken and naked on the side of the road, had just been robbed and assaulted, they were so focused on ministry that they had, I'm busy, busy, dreadfully busy. Does anyone know Veggie Tales, or am I just, did I just turn 100 years old right there? Yeah, you've no idea what I have to do. I'm busy, busy, much, much too busy for you. Right, so that focus, and we need that, and then also the ability to be interrupted. And the Spirit is involved in this a little bit. So I would say, because the Spirit's involved, being, uh, I, I was a substitute teacher uh, for a little bit, for about, I don't know, maybe a year or two, yeah. Um, and I specifically substitute taught at, in middle school. So God bless all those who are substitute teachers or teachers in middle school. Very, very interesting and difficult is the two words I will put in there, interesting and difficult. Um, and what, what made it, I, I didn't need $35 a day, because that's how much you got paid to substitute teach. It was like 30, maybe $60, I don't know, it was less than that. But I did not need that money. Um, I actually did it for a purpose. I did it prayerfully. I wanted to do it so prayerfully that I would show up maybe 15 minutes early, 15 minutes, and I would sit in the car at Woodrow Wilson, because that's the place where I substitute taught a lot, and I would sit there and I would think about how can I love these kids more than they can ever imagine today? Literally, just how can, I, how can I speak into these kids today? Show me moments, Lord. Like, give me intersections to be able to do that. And I think that there's a little bit of both, of listening and intentionality with both of those. Um, and being willing to, <laughs> yeah, we need to get things done. We need to be focused. But also... But that's, that's, to me, that's a lesser priority sometimes <laughs> um, because what's important is, is who they are and their eternal life, right? Their eternal perspective on who they are. Like you might have gotten interrupted realizing that they have a spiritual need or an emotional need that you wanted to speak take into. care of first. Yeah, yeah. yeah speak into. Um, so uh, that's, that's one of the things that it, you have to be listening uh, and I have to love them because I didn't love them. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I walked in there and there would be a kid with a, he just got done punching a locker and like broke his hand and he's causing ruckus, right? And what I could do is be like, I'm not dealing with you. Go to the office. When in reality, and he was he was kind of a tough guy. And but really, what he needs to know is that I, I don't care what all you're doing. I care about you. And he just needed to know that. He just needed to hear that. Um, or even there was a substitute taught in remedial reading, and they couldn't read in, in the eighth grade. They could barely read, and I had to test them, and they were afraid of what I thought of them because of the way they had, they had to read out loud to me in the front of their entire classroom. 
And again, I bless those who are doing that every single day. But all I did was I, I took time when he would get frustrated and I would say, listen, you can do this. I believe in you. You, can, you don't have to think about what everybody else is thinking about right now because I know that you can do this. That literally, that's all I would say to him. And it would, it would literally change his whole perspective on taking that little test. And so being prayerful and listening, I don't know, that, that's something that we, we, have to, we have to do whenever we're so trying to do a mission lifestyle. The mindset is that we're all on mission. We're all on mission, always. Currently, you're on mission. You're like, I'm sitting in church, how am I on mission? Because there are people in here that need you. In the parking lot, you're on mission. Moments in your car where there's a prompt. We all understand cell phones. And we're along with our day and the phone goes off. And if there is a spiritual prompt, and you know how you learn about those? You do them. That's how you learn about, that's how you develop spiritual sensitivity. You step into it. You're not quite sure. And I think I said this the other day, forgive, forgive, all of us, any of us, that make this look like we know every single thing that's going on all the time. Forgive us for that, because it's not true. We, we step into ministry moments that we think, or you feel prompted to go to someone, and you're not sure. And let me just toss this in here real quick. I've been called to go pray for someone, and they shut me down. And I'm like, okay, sorry, okay. And I step back. And then three weeks later, they come and tell me, so you were totally on, God was totally kicking my rear right then, but I just shut you down, because I, like, it wasn't wrong. It was, a, it was a, an intervention, an intersection. And so by putting yourself in that spot, how many people think, of course it's summer, but if school is in session, how many people think tomorrow you could go into, you could go walk right into Woodrow? Anyone, anyone, anyone? No. No. It is, it is lockdown, man. It is like lockdown. You got in there. Yeah, see, it's stepping into those circles of people. What are some of the missional things you do? I know that you have, like, work that you do and some things and different, different circles that you serve people in. Well, um... One has to do with sneakers. <laughs> I teach exercise classes called Silver Sneakers, and... <laughs> Any Silver Sneakers in here? Silver Sneakers? No? Okay, all right. It is, um... Thank you, Mike. Designed <laughs> for... Um, 55 and older, so it's like low impact. We, it's great. I love it. Um, but before I even thought about teaching exercise classes, I always knew just watching exercise classes. I knew if I ever taught those, I knew I want to be able to incorporate not just our physical health, but mental and spiritual. And they all like can be analogous to each other. So when we stretch and exercise, how are we doing that spiritually in our lives too? So. I speak that in my classes, and um, I also knew that there's, like, formal ministry that you can have in your life. Like, I'm a part of an organization, um, so for, from when, before I knew Jesus to 23, I was a part of a ministry called Young Life, um, and it was this formal ministry that always put, was pushing me and growing me to be intentional about relationships um, that was that was the focus. It was relationships. Um, but then when that I stopped doing that, I was like, okay, this is a change in my life. Now I have no formal ministry. So, 
we're going to the informal now. There's no title or organization. It's just, how do I do this on my own without a, somebody telling me, like, go to that high school, meet some high school kids um, at their football game, you know? Um, so starting informal ministry was just kind of like, I need to find people around me in my life that I want to invest in. Um, and then what I learned through Young Life is like, tell them that you want to do that too. Like, just, don't just, hey, I want to be your friend, but it's like, I actually, like, I really, I want to invest in you and encourage you and build you up in Christ if they are already a believer or just like, um, yeah, I want to give you my time or whatever. Give me your time. Yeah. Yeah, so I think we have to do business with that, right? Our, our willingness to be interrupted, our willingness to be flexible, our willingness to give our time, and then that just, that just is about priority, right? That's just about what's the mission really? Like, why am I really here? What am I really trying to do? And, and what kind of impact am I trying to make? And so you follow this prompt. I'm thinking as you're, as you're talking, I'm thinking the other day, this was several months ago. I was at Next Step, 6th in Washington, and I taught a late class. I, I don't know, Monday or something. I was there late. And I, I walked out to my truck, and there was a young guy standing right at the door. And uh, there was a gal with him, young high school age. And I spoke to this guy and asked him what's going on. And, and uh, they said they were students from South. And I know a couple of cool brothers from South. So I'm like, do you know Arnick and Eli Schaus? I'm trying to name drop, you know. And so they did. They knew Eli. So we just made that connection. And they were waiting on something. And they couldn't get in. And I tried to help a little bit. They were just going to sit tight. That was it. Got in the truck, drove home. A cordial, kind, nice, you know, whatever, home. I was at the worship event this past weekend. Uh, was that Sunday night that that was happening? Sunday night. And I'm sitting there, and this dude and that girl come walking up with Eli. And the guy looks down. I said, I said hi to Eli, and I looked over and saw them. I, re I recognized. He goes, hey, man, it's good to see you again. Like, he recognized me even first. And then we chatted a little bit. They went and sat. As he was coming up the steps to pass me by himself, I felt prompted to connect with this guy. And it was a little odd. I mean, I said hello, and he's like, hey, man. He made a comment, and, and he kept walking. It seemed like he needed to go somewhere. But I didn't let that go. And then I shot a note to Arnick. I said, hey, man, can I talk to Eli? Eli gave me his number. I'm meeting Sam tomorrow at 1 o'clock for lunch. I don't have any idea where that's going. I shot him a note. I said, hey, man, I felt prompted to kind of hang out with you. I'd love to support you. I'd love to hear about your journey, and I'd love to support you in your journey. He said, I'm in a place right now where I can use the support. I'm happy to meet you for lunch. So that's just how that stuff unfolds. I have no idea what's going on, except I'm trusting. And that, is that formal or informal? Right? It, it's just the stuff that happens, and God allows us to be open to listen. It's just a prompt. It's just like a glance over, and you feel a, just something. The encouragement is to step into that space. Yeah, I would. I want to tag onto that because you, you invited, you invited this person in, um, a little bit, and it, it, you don't know what it's going to look like. And I, it actually came to me as we were sit, as I was sitting there, and we were talking about we said we sang oceans and we sang the blessing, and you call me out upon these waters. It looks a little scary, a little, little fearful. Great unknowns. Yeah, awesome. the great unknowns of what this conversation may, may hold. The great unknowns of what 
me being interrupted may, may, no, may happen. Uh, I might show up to work a little late. I don't know what's going to happen. A lot of this, uh, a lot of that holds us back from a lot of these invitations sometimes is this fear. But, but I, I know, and then what drew, drew me to when we were standing there was perfect love casts out fear. Right? Perfect love casts out fear. His love is what drives us. His love is what compels us. And when we know that he is for us, he is for you, he is for you, he is for you, we don't, we don't, we don't tend to let that fear stop us from extending an invitation. So I, I think about being intentional with those invitations of letting someone into your life that sometimes it might be a little messy, sometimes it might be really clean and they're your best friend and, and you push each other and sometimes you're having to really struggle. But the thing is, is that invitation, it's, it's easier than it, than it actually is, but it's also harder sometimes because relationships are, are easy and hard sometimes. They're, they're both. Um, and that's what we're talking about is living this missional lifestyle of day in, day out. How am I inviting someone in? Will I look a little weird if I talk to my hairdresser and, you know, and tell them a little bit about my life? Will it be a little awkward? Tell, them, tell, tell them the prompt you got this morning. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So the prompt that I got this morning as we were, we were prepping was... This um, is at your house, right? This yeah, this is at my house as, we were, as I was sitting, in, which is right next door. Um, don't come to my house, uninvited. Because uh, he, no, <laughs> he has no space. He has no space for it right now, unless God prompts. I mean, unless he prompts you interruption. I know we're kind of talking about that, but um, uh, what he said to me was, "Is what has God given me?" And I say that to you. What has God given you? What has He blessed you with? Uniquely blessed you. Uniquely blessed you with. Has He blessed you with? Uh, being able to listen and patience and being able to love on someone in a conversation? Has he blessed you with cutting hair? Because it took me to Lindsay. I don't know why, but it took me to Lindsay over there. She cuts hair. How can you bless someone with what he has gifted you with? Are you, a, are you an engineer at a, at, a, at a company that is able to problem solve and think of things? How can you bless someone with that life that you've given? Has he given you a family? And can you love on someone without a family, with your family? Literally, that's what I thought about was... Bring someone that doesn't have a family into your family. Bring someone into that. Into that. Invite yeah. them in. Because that is our mission as followers of Christ. In the Old Testament, there's a, uh, it says that the Lord sets the solitary in families. He brings the solitary in, in, into families. That is, the, that is the idea, that mingling together, that welcoming. Can you, I want you to elaborate on uh, our intentional yeah. vision, yeah. Um, also with like what you, what have you been gifted with? Like you're talking about talents or skills, but then also pairing that with your spiritual gifts. Like how has God gifted you in, you also said, I don't know, being emotional or intent. Oh, oh uh, yeah. Like being able to listen and be patient. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, empathy, yeah. yeah. So thinking about Lindsay again, being able to cut hair, like the spiritual gifts that God has given her, like maybe she is prayerful the day before of whoever comes to um, get their hair cut, like give me a word for them or like a dream about their life of how I, like how do you want to 
work in these people's lives that are going to come into my salon today. And so pairing, you know, your talent and skill with God's gifts for you. Um, I, would, I would say there's a, we're talking about talent and skill, right? Things you know how to do, all right? Uniquely know how to do, okay. But there's also a couple other things that shouldn't be lost on us. Proximity, what your position or your talent or your skill, where it gives you proximity to people. Uh, cutting hair, your, your hands are on their body, for goodness sakes, like you're right there, right? You, you are literally in their space, right? Now, this brother tomorrow, if I get as close to him to talk to him as she gets to cut his hair, he'll be like, you better back her down, son. Like, I'm going to be like right here, you know, right on top of the guy, Okay. You have the, the invitation to, how long does it take? How long, 20, 30 minutes, haircut, hour sometimes? Okay, for me, 10 seconds. Okay, I'm the, I'm the one-off, I mess up the averages. Okay, so like, you're right there. So you're invited in because of your role. So you got a skill that gets you in places. You have a role that gets you in places. And then, you ready for this? You have a story that gets you in places. Your unique story can open doors that nothing else can open. And it's your unique story. And you ready for this? It's probably the messier, ugly parts of your life. It's probably the messier, ugly junk in your life that because God is working on it and redeeming it and healing it and restoring it, that's the stuff that gets you into these opportunities as well. All three of those things. So um, I'm going to set this up for Kelly, but as, as we are trying to challenge you a little bit, um, it takes intentionality, which is what she's going to talk about, um, but it requires you to sit and think about it, to have this vision, have this vision for what your family, maybe in, for Andy and Melinda, it's those things that are on their wall. I've had this conversation with Josh and Mindy for their farm. It's this vision of how God has placed it on their heart for their farm to be. I've had this conversation with Jeremy about him and his wife and what their house means to people around them. It's casting that vision. And, and so for us, this is how it kind of came about um, when we talked about what it looks like. Um. Well, being intentional is also like, what's your purpose? What are you, what are you intending to do? So you have to set that um, in your the forefront of your mind. Um, I love the word vision and having a vision. I'm not the best at creating them. Um, but it was like a year into our marriage, and we were driving somewhere, got home, parked the car in the driveway, and I don't know how we got into the conversation, but it was like, what are we doing with our marriage? Like... What's the purpose? It's not just we're loving each other and really happy with each other, but what's more than this? There's like we need to have an outward focus because that will make our marriage even better. Um, and it, we want it to be godly um, and make an eternal impact. So maybe a two hour conversation later, not knowing what each other's hearts really were, we decided. We could have, you know, my ministry, and I'm focusing on high schoolers and loving on these people, and you're focusing on 
men and I don't know, focusing on these people, but we decided we want to be pouring into and investing in the same people together. That's just what we thought. Um, I don't know, and it was like this moment of, wow, like we, we thought of something. We, we're, we're together, we made like, like we stacked our hands on something. Um, and, and then because you have a mission, therefore there's a purpose that you're both working toward. And then all, all of a sudden it's like you know that there are steps or objectives to get you to that goal. Um, and, and I think what also came to me was it, it, drives, it drives decisions sometimes. When you have that yeah. vision, it drives why you do what you do. Um, how you spend your time, how yeah, you spend your money. How yeah. you spend your time, how you spend your money. The, just that vision, it allowed us, we, we changed our, the way we spend our money. Mm-hmm. Having, maybe that's you, maybe you have this amount of money that you could just set aside to give because you both have decided that, that we're going to give this whenever some need comes across. Or maybe it's once a week or maybe once a month, you're going to invite somebody over to your house for dinner, Jeremy and Kelsey, <laughs> like that was something you guys said. And that was the decision that they made to live a missional lifestyle towards other people to invite them in. It's a decision. It's a vision. It's mm-hmm. a purposeful. It's thoughtful. It's, it's even planned and calculated a little bit as well. At the turn of the century, I remember this because of that timeline. So 20-some years ago, Life magazine or something had this big article about uh, Hollywood couples that stayed together, the longevity of marriage and Hollywood couples. And I think many of us can understand how that's you know, challenging and, and difficult. And the thread in all of these uh, long-term, two-decade, three-decade marriages was that they were all on the same page on something outside of themselves. It might have been making, cleaning up parks in the city, uh, working with a boys club, cancer research, whatever. It didn't even matter what the thing was, but that they were both on it. Now, they'd work and do film and movie and producing and all over the place. They're just like this, all over the place. But they had this one thing that, that brought them together. And when we're a part of, out on the wall in the cafe, I hope you saw the, the murals are beautiful, pictures and the baptisms and the prayer, and the, the, those are family pictures, right? We love that stuff. And then you look over uh, to, the, to the white wall on the north side, and you'll see some of the language that we use here. And being a face in someone's story is just deep for this congregation. Being a face in someone's story, an intersection, a moment, a touch. And I would say that you can be just a simple voice. One of the things I ask uh, people, uh, greatest, greatest evangelist in the New Testament, evangelist, giving the message, starting churches, greatest evangelist in the New Testament, most people, if they understood the Bible, might say Paul. And then I like to quickly ask, is the greatest evangelist Paul or the person that won Paul? The no-name Ananias who has one story, but his story was such that he had this intersection with Saul. And the first thing he said to Saul, who was basically a a mafioso thug for the synagogue, the first thing he said to him, he called him brother. Now that's equipped to be in a particular circle. And he was with this dude, he prayed for him, he baptized him, and he was gone. 
just a touch. And then Saul grew over several years. That wasn't immediate either. Barnabas came along, Saul for a window. And people took him, and then you've got this great, amazing worker for the kingdom with touches by people that we hardly would know anything about at all. That's the face in the story bit. So when you're loving and praying, right, and that's just going, you saw those together, right, uh, you're intentional, providing space for interruption, right, you have flexibility. And also being willing to interrupt other people has to be there too. Because people might not ask you to be a part of their life, but you kind of have to be willing to, like you did. You just texted Sam. Yeah. Said, yeah. Yeah. So in this, in this conversation, uh, our heart was um, for you guys to feel uh, encouraged and not like, wow, I can't do that. <laughs> so if you feel that, I'm going to just speak against it right now because uh, that's, not, that's not trying to come from us. Uh, he has specifically, what we said earlier, equipped you. you. You are enough. You are enough. So James, you're enough. Okay? Theo, you're enough. Jeremy, you're enough. Like, you, you are capable of stepping out and being used by him. Um, and that, that was one of the main, like, you are capable. And also, uh, you, you don't have to change what everything looks like always. Uh, in Matthew 28, Kelly, specifically, remember, you want to mention that, Matthew 28? At the end of the chapter, you know, um, God said, or Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me, so go and make disciples. But um, another way to put it is, as you are going, make disciples. So it's not just, like, go to the ends of the great, earth. Great point. But it's, it's as you're going about your normal rhythms of life, you're right. making like, disciples. Like, like, all right, guys, ready? On three. We're going to go make disciples. Ready? I'm going to make disciples. You know, like, going. <laughs> yeah. to now it's disciple-making time, right? That, yeah. like, it's not that. But we can fall into that. Mm -hmm. It's as you go. Yes. Yeah. And I like the verbiage, like your normal rhythms of life. Like what are you already doing and who's around you? Um, what do you like to do? Where do you like to go? What are other people already doing that you can like tag along with? Yes. We, um, we love to, I mean, we go to the farmer's market. I don't know if anybody goes to the farmer's market. Anybody goes to a CrossFit gym. If anybody goes to an organization, um, volunteers somewhere, goes to the grocery store. There, there's, a, there's been a time that Kelly uh, was doing Young Life, I believe, and she, she said she would just take the younger kids. Yeah, the high schooler kids to the grocery store with her. That is living a missional lifestyle. I went to Lowe's one time, and Chip was here, and I was like, Chip, let's go. He was in a meeting, and I was like, hey, come on, you're going to go with me to the grocery store. I'm or sitting to, at my kid's yeah. soccer game, like, you want to come hang out with me while I'm watching my child or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's a lifestyle of inviting people in with intentionality and a purpose to speak into their life, to encourage them, to lift them up, to exhort them higher than where they might be. Um, to, to develop acceptance, to de develop belonging, to develop community. That, that is our mission. That is our mission in Christ. It really is. Yeah, so I think as we, as we head out from here today, I think what is important is that we, we recognize, like, one meeting, okay, but two, maybe not an accident. And the opportunity to be around someone 
and to recognize the, the opportunity to, to be a healthy, positive face in their story. People need hope. We all need hope. Scripture says that hope, when it is deferred, makes the heart sick. So when we're able to bring the messy of our story, and we're able to bring where we are, and we can share it with someone, very, very powerful. And you're all able to do that. Everyone is able to be in that space. When you're listening, and you're listening to them, and you recognize God in it, and you just simply learn as you go. You just simply learn as you, as you go. And you might find, Andy Stanley taught this once. I thought it was profound. He said, uh, uh, you can get some cues. Someone could say, wow, I'm, uh, hey, how you doing? Like, I'm new to the area. I got a new job. Started in a new school. I got a new career. Right? Those, those kinds of things. Those are just invitations for engagement. That's not manipulative. It's an invitation for engagement. You're simply, and if, as a caring person, how are you making it? How are you doing? Right? How are you doing on that quest in this new space to find something? The goal is not to bring people to this church. That is not the goal. That is not the goal. I believe this is a healthy community, but that is not the goal. Unless they're supposed to be here, and that's great. And they could be here for a minute or three weeks or a month or two years or five years or ten or we do their funeral in this church, whatever. Like, that's not the goal. The goal is intersection in the body because the mission is much bigger than this room. The mission is transcendent intersection with people so that we can help them. Just like Ananias with Saul. The right word, a word fitly spoken, Scripture tells us, is like apples of gold word fitly spoken you want to close out here these last few minutes yeah so um i would love to uh, those who are on the prayer team if you can if you can make your way to those those spots that you were you were earlier um i i had this we had this thought that um i wanted to prompt uh, and they've got some slides back there but i wanted to prompt you to actually think about what are what are steps that i could take to move from where I am, just one step. And so I'm, I'm going to say this because I, I, have to, I have to tell myself this. I, I want to take all expectations. I don't want everybody to reorganize their entire life and prioritize every single thing. But I do want to challenge you to take one step. Some of you are going to take a, a small step. Some of you it's just going to be aware that you need to take a step. Some of you are going to jump off the cliff, <laughs> and that's okay. Um, I, I love I love to jump off the cliff. I'm spontaneous, remember. So, um, but in, on this, uh, we thought of maybe two two big areas. There's um, being missional in your community, and these are really practical. We love practicality. Be a regular at a at a coffee shop. I go to Loose Goose right here, and I know every, almost every single person's name in there. I know what's going on. I know their dog's name. We see each other. They know our dog's name. It's being open to that, being willing again. Um, inviting people again into what you're doing. What are you doing? I'm, so as these people are here, what am I doing that I can invite someone in to this space of my life? To let them know that they can be a part of my life. Um, be a, again, be a part of what other people are doing. 
What, what is somebody, I mean, yeah, may, oh, that's a little rude if you're going to invite somebody in. But actually, there's something going on at Fairbanks. There's a festival going on. There's, but do it with purpose. Jesus invited himself to lunch at Zacchaeus' house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My mama told me that was rude, but Jesus did it. Yeah. He invited himself to lunch at Zacchaeus' house. And Zacchaeus' response was, half my goods I'll give to the poor. If I've stolen, I'll return fourfold. Yeah. From an invite. I just, I'd like to have lunch with you today. Somebody's doing yard work at your house. Invite yourself to help them. <laughs> yes. I'm sure they won't turn you away. <laughs> um, invite, like somebody's moving. Invite yourself to help them move. It, it just, it's just, these are things that are our rhythms of life and how you can be so intentional with it and purposeful with it. And then um, in your workplace, some of us, well, I work 60 hours a week. Uh, I, I go to school every day. How can I do that? And I got track, and, and I'm talking about my daughter. I'm doing all these things and soccer and all that stuff. Well, arrive early and, and just be prayerful. Uh, know the names of those. Know their names. Knowing someone's name, I tell you what. I don't know. Is anybody in here known that I will know your name? I will, I will literally walk up and ask you what your name is. And I, and I, yeah, right, Hansi, thank you. All right, I will literally ask you, what's your name? How do you say it? Whatever it is. If you already know the names of all your coworkers, learn the names of their family or something like that. Yes, that is so important yeah. to, to living with, with this purpose. Um, go on a prayer walk around your school. Go on a prayer walk around your neighborhood. If you walk your dog, don't just walk your dog without a purpose. <laughs> yes, it's maybe for the dog, but walk it with a purpose of praying over the houses that you see, praying over your neighbors, praying for an intersection with your neighbor because you heard something happening last night that was maybe a little aggressive, but praying for them, not thinking awful things about them, but actually blessing them. Yeah. 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 I'll tell you, so as we, as we uh, close out today, uh, I think there's a thread that's happening here for us. And that thread is, what am I already doing? What are other people already doing? What's the path of my world already? What's, what, what's the road already? That I can step into and add something onto it. A sensitivity to bring something onto that. So the, the struggling parts of our life, maybe the parts that you don't like in your life so much, the crazy neighbor next door kind of business, that stuff that's not the funnest thing. It's a simple reframe, really. It's a reframe to recognize I'm allowed to know this and see this and pray for it. Eric Valdez, are you still at the prison, my man? Yeah. How much crazy do you get to see every day? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know what? Super easy to be jaded. I think we all can understand that. Super easy to shut stuff down. Super easy to meet something with extreme prejudice. Right? Letting the Lord soften our hearts, all of us in this case, to recognize, you know what? This is an, I may not be here forever, but this is an opportunity for me to bless or be hope or be light. When I was a street outreach worker, I'd walk in houses where dishes were breaking, people were cussing at each other, throwing junk all over the place. I'd walk in that house with the realization of this, that the Spirit of God within me brought light and dispelled darkness. Every time. 
I would bring peace into the house just because I was there. But the ability to recognize that and, and not like, all right, what do we have to change to get missional? In these next couple minutes, we'll just take a few more minutes. In these next couple minutes, let's be prayerful all over the room. Maybe you go and speak to someone around the room, uh, Brian or, or Peggy or uh, Mark Brenda around here. Ask them, Eric's up in the balcony. Ask them, pray with me, help me see, help me have awareness. Lord, talk to me about the areas where I can be open. Talk to me about the areas where I can open doors to service. I can keep driving the same route to work, work the same job, go to the same ball games, have the same hobbies. All that's fine. But what's the awareness that I'm now going to have to get outside of myself and be a vessel that God can use? And a lot of times it's just being friendly. (laughs) Friendly should not be a spiritual gift. But just be friendly and welcoming and recognize the only agenda here is I want you to be healthy and better. If there's anything I can do, if you need a sandwich, what we hope in this church is that the people that walk through that door, if you need a sandwich, we've got one for you. If you need a hug, we've got one for you. If you're battling depression, we believe you can be free, want to pray a prayer of deliverance. You could be possessed of a devil, and that's the same as needing a sandwich for me. Whatever you need. We want the presence of the Lord to be here to serve you and help you and minister to that need. And then we're all just going to be happy and continue on the journey. Sunday is just where we all get together in the middle of a missional lifestyle. We all get together. How about if you stand with me? If you need to go, thank you so much for being here today. If you need to pick up the kiddos, your kiddos, you're welcome to do that right now. But I just want to take like five minutes and allow you to pray with these folks allow you to think in your own heart. Thank you, Deli. Thank you, Kelly. Allow you to, to, to pray in your own space. God, what are the things that I can continue to do but add an openness, add a receptivity, add an awareness? And it may be the things that frustrate you the most because the people that frustrate you the most need that grace. Thank you, Lord, right? His grace is sufficient for us and for them. So I'm just going to ask you to be reflective for a minute all around here, all around the room. Again, if you want to come pray with with these folks around here, please do. Step into that spot and say, pray with me. Even if it's just a moment. I don't even know what to pray for, but just think about me this week. Will you join me this week? And they'll follow up with you. I promise you they will. They will follow up with you this week and talk with you. When we talk about behavior change, there's uh, there's a technique called piggybacking. And it's basically, you already do something all the time. You just piggyback that new behavior on it. All we're going to do is keep doing what we're doing. God, guide me where you guide me. Lead me where you lead me. You put me in these positions for a reason. Now I'm just going to add awareness. So I'm going to bless you, and you can pray as well. Father, in this moment today, thank you for the words that are inspiring. Thank you for encouragement. Uh, Thank you for direction. Um. For some of us, this is, uh, we, have, we have a few more stories than others. But every day is a missional day for all of us. We can all get selfish. We can all, uh, we can all think it's about us. And, and, you know, it is about us until we take a seat in your kingdom. And once we sit in your kingdom, then it becomes about others. So help us 
get outside of ourselves. We're just halfway through this series. But help us even today to just get outside of ourselves, to look differently, to invite someone to pray, to invite someone for a meal or a coffee, and just simply ask, how are you doing really? How are you doing? How are you doing really? And Lord, as we are led by your spirit, that's all we want to do. We just want to honor you by being obedient to your call. And then we're going to get to celebrate how you change lives and others. And we get to be a part of that. We get the privilege of being a part of someone else's life change. And we believe in it, Jesus. We believe in it. We believe in it. Do you believe in life change? Do you believe it happened? Isn't your life, isn't your life a testimonial of life change? Right? So I pray that as you leave here today, you're able to walk in that space. Trust the Lord. Grow those muscles. It is kind of muscles. It's kind of a muscles thing. You exercise them. You grow strength, muscle, sensitivity, faith. Your faith grows. All that. There is a reason that step five and step six are what we're talking about for two months. There are eight total steps. The first one is attendance. You're here. The second one is discovery. What's this church all about? The third one is baptism. The fourth one is connection, small groups. That's half of them. We do those four pretty well. The back four, we need some work. We just need to work on those. We need to get better at those. We need to give more space for those. Think about that outside of our self-freedom piece. So thank you for being here today. We'll be praying together. You can catch these folks on the way out or just let somebody know. And uh, I'm excited to see how God speaks to us and uses us as we move forward. Know that we love you. Have a good day. Take care.